the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. Okay, welcome to the College Planning Edge podcast and actually also the College Planning Edge newspaper, <coughs> newsletter, excuse me. Um, I am repurposing some content here, which is something that I recommend that kids writing college essays do as well. So I'm sort of eating my own cooking and demonstrating in action what I recommend. So what we're talking about today are the various and sundry college application plans, how to decipher and analyze and figure out which is the best way to apply to college. As you might imagine, naturally, there is not one uniform answer for everyone. So I'm going to give some general comments, some of which you have heard about and you might even find agreement with from your guidance counselors. And I'm definitely going to depart from um, what some guidance counselors don't share or disagree with or don't even know about, especially concerning early decision. So let's start off by talking about the different ways that you can apply to college. You can apply in crayon. You can apply electronically. No, I'm kidding. You can apply regular decision. You can apply rolling admission. You can apply early action, which is also known as EA to those of us in the biz, as it were. You can also apply restricted early action, which is also sometimes referred to as single choice early action. And you can also apply early decision or ED. So let's take a look at, at all of these, um, followed by a sort of global statement that you just want to get this stuff done as soon as possible. Just get it off your plate. So <clears throat> depending on when you're listening to this, I'm recording this in the, in the, toward the end of September, most of my private clients have completed their applications, they are finishing up their essays, and they're getting ready to hit the button. Many, many of them have already actually submitted their applications at this point. So what that implies is that you should really do your work over the summer if you are, if you are a rising senior, or if you have a rising senior, I should say, especially the essays. Those are the biggest pains in the butt to do. They take the most amount of time, most amount of stress emotionally, and uh, not just with the kids applying to college, but also the parents, particularly the moms. So most of the earliest deadlines are November 1. For That's for early action. So going in order of the ones that I, that I just laid out for your regular decision most of those deadlines are not until the end of the year sometimes they're even later i don't recommend regular decision unless you had something go horribly wrong because it's really hard to be a high school senior work on your regular schoolwork your regular extracurricular activities and clubs and out of school family obligations and other obligations and then on top of that to layer the college applications so I'm not a big fan 
of working through Thanksgiving and Christmas. But that happens with, with a lot of kids. So that's a, that's a regular decision, not recommended. The next is rolling admission. Um, particularly a lot of the state schools, big state schools like the University of Florida and UCF and FSU type schools, they start accepting applications over the summer. That is on a school-by-school basis. The advantage of applying then is you find out sooner uh, than you would have normally found out if you didn't apply that quickly. Um, Another advantage is that a lot of schools, like the University of Florida schools, will fill up uh, with their spots uh, earlier. So that's another reason you want to um, consider rolling admission. The downside could be that you're throwing yourself into a pool of high-achieving early kids who tend to have higher grades and scores and letting yourself be compared to that universe of kids. So I'm not a big uh, fan or against rolling admission. Generally speaking, though, I recommend it when you have the opportunity. Okay, now let's talk about um, early action. I get a lot of questions about early action and early decision. So the difference between the two is that early action is not binding. EA, early action, is not binding. That's different than early decision. Does early action help your chances of getting in? Does it help your chances of getting money? The answer is, at best, marginally. I remember reading a statistic that the National Association of Collegiate Admissions counselors found that the number of early action applicants rose something like 15% last year. Most colleges say that 40 to 45% of their applications, their total applications came in during early action. The average rate for people being accepted early action was 71% compared to 65% overall, which kind of means that most schools are not that hard to get into. But don't be don't be um, put off by the averages or don't read too much into them because the averages don't really matter as much as what happens on a school-by-school basis. Okay, now <clears throat> let's talk about restricted early action and early decision. So as the name restricted applies that you are not allowed to uh, to apply to more than one school if you are invoking the restricted early action um, or early decision um, opportunities. However, sometimes these schools that, re- that, re- that allow you to do restricted early action will also allow you to apply to a state school because They tend to be private colleges, and they say you can't apply to any other private schools, but you can apply to one other state school just to have as a backup. This tends to be used by the most highly competitive colleges that don't admit that many kids, percentage-wise. So I want to get to the main meat of the questions that I get about early decision and the interplay with financial aid, with interplay with getting offers. And I want to talk to you about a little known fact that you'll never hear from your guidance counselors about your ability to get out of early decision. And more importantly, why you'll never hear this from your guidance counselor. So the the reason I don't love early decision is because number one, I'm not really that convinced that it absolutely helps your chances of getting in to a top school. I think nationally, 
the admissions rates of early decision versus regular decision are 60 compared to 48%. So there's, there is a bump there, but also understand that there's a lot of self-selectivity in those stats. So if you're a recruited athlete, if your parents went to that particular school, if you... Uh, if you are someone getting a recommendation by a trustee or something, you know, there, none of these people will stick their necks out for you unless you're committed to going to that school. So I believe the stats help. I don't think they help quite as much as you might take them at face value. The second issue I have, I mentioned the financial aid problem. If you apply and get in to restricted early action or early decision, you won't have any other offers from competitor colleges to potentially use against the school that let you in. And that can be a problem because colleges are businesses and they don't always give their highest and best offers, notwithstanding all the garbage that they put all over their websites about how, how much money they give away and how generous they are, et cetera, et cetera. So that's my biggest hang-up for early decision and restricted early action. If money is not an issue, meaning you're intending to send your kid to their top choice school no matter what, then that's fine. It's not a problem. Um, If there is a compelling reason to do whatever you can to get into a certain school, which I I personally think exists with only a relative handful of schools throughout the country, then I could see the argument for also um, going early decision and not really having the maximum leverage that you can possibly have for financial aid. But here's the way that you can kind of have your cake and eat it too. And this is what I was getting at when I said you'll never hear this from a guidance counselor. In the early decision agreement, which is signed by kids and guidance counselors, By the way, I have a problem with that because children under the age of 18 lack the capacity to be able to form a contract legally. So, in effect, this is a contract. But I digress. Anyway, if you, uh, what the contract says, the early decision agreement says, is that if you let me in, then I am bound to withdraw all of my other applications and attend your school unless I do not think the financial aid award is adequate. That is not even buried. It's a very short paragraph. It's at the end of that early decision paragraph, the one that most colleges use. So who decides whether the financial aid award is adequate or not? The answer is you. You are sole judge and jury. It is up to you to decide whether or not the award is adequate. So if you want to get out of your financial aid, I'm sorry, if of your of your early decision agreement, you can invoke the financial out. Now, why do you suppose that you'll never hear about this from your guidance counselor? Probably because they are afraid that if you decide to get out of your commitment, then that will somehow taint next year's batch of kids who apply to that particular school. They're afraid of establishing some bad blood between their high school and the admissions personnel at that college. My answer to that concern is who cares because your first duty of loyalty is to your own family, not to your school district or 
the rest of the school if you're going to a private school. That's just me. You, of course, should govern yourself accordingly. I'm just calling it the way I sees it, personally. Okay. So which is the right uh, the right plan for you? And the answer is, it really depends. Um, I'm superstitious enough to recommend that you get your applications in before the early application deadline. So that's usually around November 1st. It can be November 15th. It might even be December 1st. Because I think that, in general, if you want to demonstrate to each college that you are very interested in going, you want to apply earlier. That's just one of those signals. And that might indirectly or even directly help your chances of getting marriage scholarships or maybe more of a fair consideration for financial aid. That's where I stand on the early action, regular action, regular decision, early decision, restricted early, double secret, super mochiato decision plans. I hope you uh, are finding this podcast helpful. If and somewhat entertaining, I like doing it. Please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to these things. And if you have any questions at all about um, advice and you're interested in speaking to someone about getting into college, paying for college, test prep, these are all things that we are experts in and we can certainly help you. Just uh, go on our website, LockwoodCollegePrep.com, and we have a lot of free resources for you. And you can uh, schedule a strategy session, a college strategy session, if you're so inclined. Thanks a lot for listening. Have a great day. Hi, this is Andy Lockwood. Don't forget to visit our website, LockwoodCollegePrep.com, for some more free, valuable information on how you can multiply your chances of admission to your dream colleges and qualify for thousands or tens of thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships along the way. Visit LockwoodCollegePrep.com for information on our free upcoming workshops and webinars and to download a copy of our number one best-selling book, How to Pay Wholesale for College. That's LockwoodCollegePrep.com. Bye-bye.